I'm your host, Callum, and joining me today is Kerm. Kerm, how are you going today? Mate, I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm so keen to get stuck into this team, but as the audience will know, we're a man down. We are is a man down. For... Tom. Tom has had gone. enough. For, for anyone that was watching our last show, the, um, the, the Pies review, Tom dropped off halfway through, and he reckoned that we were doing a good enough job by ourselves. He didn't feel like he needed to come <laughs> back. So he's going to have a few episodes off, which for you guys will only will come be a, probably a few weeks. For us, it's probably going to be a few hours. But Tom will yeah. be back nonetheless in a bit. But great little plug there opportunity to, if you haven't gone back and seen our past reviews, so far we've reviewed all the teams alphabetically up to the Bombers, and that is our team we are doing today. So, yeah, make sure you give this video a like and subscribe. It does really help us as we prepare for the launch of Game Day Squad, Australia's first and only fantasy sport platform run completely on the blockchain. So, yeah, Kerm, how are you feeling about this one today? A bit of an interesting team, the Bombers. How would you find preparing for it? Yeah, I really enjoyed the analysis for this. Um, we've had some stinker teams in the last couple of weeks, so um, it's good to get stuck into a team that's got some good fantasy talent that we can talk about. Yeah, absolutely. They, um, they've got an interesting mix. Some yeah. really good young players, some players at the top potentially underperforming. So yeah, I'm disappointed Tom's not going to be here to talk through his choices. But yeah, if you haven't, this, if this is the first time you've come across us, how we do these season review shows is we start off by looking at the season in review. So 2020, 2021, geez, I'm losing track of years. That's section one. Next part is we talk about season 2022 as we plan for the season ahead. And then also unique to game day squad is the fantasy, is the dynasty aspects of our game. Meaning that the game is not just one year. If you own these player cards, you own them forever. So we finally have a look at those players for the the, those players inside the Essendon squad you want to be building out your fantasy squad with for years to come. So I'm super excited, Kerm. Uh, I reckon we should get straight into it. Let's get stuck in. Alrighty, Kerm, before we get into the players for the 2021 season in Essendon and their fantasy review, we're going to have a look at how the team went overall. And for those who don't remember, the Bombers overcame a pretty poor start to reach their third elimination final in fifth years. They were really part of that massive scrap going on the middle to the end of the year, really fighting out for those last couple of spots. And yeah, they had some massive wins late in the year to finally pinch that eighth spot. But unfortunately, as you see there, they did go down to the dogs. So 11 wins, 11 losses, put them eighth overall. And I, but I think looking back on it, if you'd asked the Dons fan at the start of the year or any point through the year, hey, you get a finals berth, would you take it? I think they would have bitten your, bitten your hand off for it. Which, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was really, really, we'll get into how we graded them a bit later on. But yeah, for me, it was a great year. And But unfortunately, as you can see there, they did extend their streak of, since 2004 of no finals win, which just absolutely still blows me away. It's over 6,200 days since the, they for won, won a final. And I've got, I don't know about you, I've got lots of mates who are Essendon fans, so... It's yeah. On one hand, I love digging into them, but on the other hand, yeah, I do really feel sorry for them. Yeah, at but, some point, yeah. you do start to feel sorry for these fan bases. It's um, it, yeah, we'll get into it later, but it's coming for sure. Yeah, it, and we just did the the Blues what a couple a couple of shows ago, and talking about a team like that who've gone my whole lifetime without seeing any premiership success, and then you look at Essendon who yeah, haven't won a final in sixteen years, or yeah, what do I say, sixteen years, and. Yeah, it's just hard to yeah. This the size of those clubs. Um, yeah, does does blow me away with those stats. But I do have a soft spot for them. Uh, I've been able to go down and tour their facilities and stuff. So I always you know hope that they go well. But yeah, unfortunately another season where they'll look back and went a finals missed. But 
For me, looking at the highlights, I think beating the Dogs in round 21, that was obviously yeah. when the probably the height of having to make that finals. And yeah, they touched them up by a couple of goals and really gave them a lot of confidence, I think, going into the elimination final, which they secured. But yeah, ultimately, the, the down point, I think... I, I had two different ones. I'll let you choose which you think was more of a down point. Round two, they got absolutely battered by my power. And the reason I had it as a low point is they had four injuries that day. They lost Shield, I think, the start of it. And they just, it just started that run of just they couldn't get their best 22 on the field the whole game. Yeah. But the other low light, which I think will take the cake, is Cody Waitman in the yeah. Elimination Final getting, Dude. I think, every free kick <laughs> awarded that day. <laughs> it was just carnage on footy Twitter the next day, just attacking the umpires. It was... Um... I used to be I used to umpire footy, so it was it's quite funny to read actually, but yeah, Cody Waitman had a day that night and um Bombers fans all quickly erase that from their memory, hundred percent. Yeah. Sorry to rub it in your face. I had to include him on the slide there yeah. for you Dogs fans, because I know how much you love seeing his face. There was another good one of him getting a supposed high tackle as well, but I kept that one aside. Yeah, that's but, dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, but let's go and let's actually start talking about some of the players now. So for those who don't know, we're going to kick this off by talking about the start of the year. Who did you have, Kim? I thought Darcy Parrish had a great year. Um, and as silly as it's going to sound, I mean, Darcy Parrish is a prime example of what happens when you put a midfielder in the midfield. I mean, in 2021, Parrish ranked fourth in inside 50s, first in centre bounce clearances, in, and tenth in goal assists. He had career highs in every stat category and established himself as a premier player in the league. The bloke is just a genuine jet, and we saw it on Brownlow night. He got a few votes, so, yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. Now, while Tom isn't joining us today, he has sent in his pick. So you can see there, he's doubled down on your pick of Darcy Parrish. I like and it. Yeah, I've got to say, that it's a great, it's a great pick. I just think about you know, that purple patch he had in the middle of the year. Unreal. He's just absolutely on fire. Um, yeah. So you just wonder if he can get that consistency of that level. Like that takes him to you know the, even the next level. Um, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if he's back on this this list for you next year. But I've gone. I was I was actually amazed you guys both didn't go this guy. But for me, easily the star of the year was Zach Merritt. Yeah, he missed so good. We're, we're both massive EPL fans, and I always think about James Milner, Mister Reliable, and Zachy <laughs> Merritt's kind of that for me. This guy has scored over 100 points in game day scored consistently since 2015. And this year, 128 points, number one at the club, ninth rank overall and eighth midfield. Yeah, absolutely. Any, you know, this is the, if you'd have said, hey, how did Zachy Merritt's season go at the start of the year? This is the sort of season that I would have picked. Just the way he's just done it for, for years and years. And actually, since 2010, I'll get this, he owns the record for the second highest and the fourth highest overall scores for the Bombers since 2010. Yeah, and the only right. other person to break in that streak, yeah, yeah. The only other person to get in that streak was Joe Watson in that 2020-2012 the 2012 year, the one that, can Did I say, that... supposedly won the Brownlow? Uh, former Brownlow subject. <laughs> yeah, I was I thinking about this. Do I, introduce, do I introduce Joe Watson as the former Brownlow medalist or do I have to say the former disgraced Brownlow medalist? Yeah, touch, yeah. touchy subject. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. But yeah, played every game. Three games over 150 game day squad points and only three games under 100. Claimed his third BNF for the club, six years, and it's no surprise with how consistent he is that he got his Anzac Day medal as well. And an All-Australian jumper. So yeah, you guys can have Parrish. I will take Zachy Merritt. All day. The guy is a magnet. He's such a magnet. I don't think it'll be the last we hear of him in this show either. Let's go on the other side. 
Who did you have as your flop of the year? Far out, Devin Smith. Um, statistically, this was his worst season ever. Like, seriously, that even includes the COVID season where every game was shortened by 20 minutes. It was just it's crazy. To I saw his stats and I thought, oh, my God, this is disgusting. Um, I'm not sure where you can put it down to outside of some major injury, uh, minor injury trouble and perhaps the emergence of you know Darcy Parrish, as we mentioned before. Um, but this was an all-time drop-off. Um, and as much as I'd like to turn a blind eye to last season, I'm not entirely, entirely sure it's that easy. And next season is going to be a massive turnaround season for him. Fingers crossed. Yeah, you'd really hope so. And yeah, I'm going to double down. As you can see there, he yeah. is my pick as well. And I think you've, you've hit the nail perfectly on your head on this head there. We, we always talk about those sort of players that can rack up touches, which he can. He's shown it in the midfield in the past that he can do that. And that ranking for forward, the ceiling's not that high. We've said it in the past. Um, Green is that was the highest forward scorer in fantasy this year for us. So... Yeah, he doesn't need to be putting out 35 touches a game, but yeah, massive drop off. I had a look back. I had a bit of fun with this. With Tom not here, we'd um, yeah thought I'd, I thought it'd be easy to have a bit, a bit of fun, keep him jealous for not wanting to to jump on here. So <laughs> the Giants gave away pick 11 in the draft for him when they when they brought him across, and the yeah. players they missed out on. I'll give you a few, and I want you to tell me who they'd missed, who they'd wish they'd have more. Tim okay. Kelly, Tim yes. Kelly, Zach Bailey, and Bailey Fritch. All were available with that number 11th pick they give away for him. God, that's hard to hear. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, I'd take all of them over him, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. that's unreal. It's always harsh looking yeah. back at those, hey. It's such a kick in the gut sometimes if it doesn't work out. Yeah, hindsight. Hindsight, of course. Um, it's always difficult. But yeah, that's either way, though. salt in the wounds for a tough season. Tom, like I said, also gave us his pick, and you can see there that he's actually gone Dylan Shields. I'm really glad he went that, because I was pretty close to picking him as well, purely, again, because the injuries. So, like I said, that Port game um, did his knee, and this, we just didn't see the best of him from there. But I do really like him as a talent, but if you'd had gone out at the start of the season and you'd bought the, um, the Dylan Shield card, you'd be really disappointed with not only the amount of games he had, but what he was able to produce when he got on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I think he only played six or eight games, so it's yeah. not ideal when you're spending the sort of capital you would have to if you're trying to get Dylan Shield in your team because he's been a fantasy jet in the past. We'll talk about later on whether he's going to be in the future as well. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I have given you a quick preview of my big zag I've got later for him, so stay <laughs> tuned for that. As we do, we're always going to finish it off with a grade on how we thought the team prepared, how the team went for the year. And I've given them a B. I nice. thought, like I said, if you'd offered them at the start of the year, they would have taken it. The amount of injuries they had, I think they did overachieve. And I think looking back at my notes, they were one of the sort of lower ranked. They were sort of looked around sort of 13th or 14th for the odds. So for them to sneak into the eight was a massive achievement. Does sting losing the um, the elimination final like they did, but of course that I, I don't see that dogs team as a as a genuine fifth place team. I think that dogs team, you know, they did drop off, so they were well, yeah tough to get them. But yeah, I think I think B's fair. What did you have them down for? I got them the B plus, and for a lot of the same reasons. And we spoke earlier about their youth and going into the season, Eston ranked third last in average games played for each team's respective active list. Um, and given the fact that their core 22 is so young, Bombers fans should be stoked over the moon with making the eight because now they can move on to bigger and better things next season. Yeah, stay tuned for that segment. And 
Finally, Tom sent in his pick. He gave him a B minus. So what that does mean is we've got the Essendon Bombers sitting there next to the Lions with our the highest ranking so far for a B. So we haven't given anyone an A yet. I'm sure we will be giving out a few of them. But yeah, good years for the good year for the Bombers, and I'm sure their fans will at least you know be happy with some of the things that came from it. So yeah, on to 2022. Okay, Ken, we're going to have a look at how we think the Bombers are going to go in the 2022 season. But before we do that, we're going to have a look at how we think their team is going to go overall because we know how important team success is to fantasy scores. So what I've got there, and apologies in advance to all our lovely Spotify and now Apple podcast listeners who aren't able to see this graphic. This is probably going to be the hardest one to explain over here, so I recommend jumping on YouTube just to see what I'm trying to talk and illustrate yeah, here. This is a dog's but, breakfast. <laughs> it is, it is, and the reason that is, is for the, those who haven't seen this before, this graphic's kind of where we think the team is progressing over time, and normally you see a team like the Lions moving up the curve, or a team, oh, we've already had teams coming up the curve, or a team like Adelaide sort of, you know, had their grand final moving down, and now they're slowly working their way back up, but Essendon have just been all over the place, and I just haven't been able to have a read of where this team actually sits, like where is this team's premiership window? And I've done that by showing you where I think they're going to sit in 2022. And for me, I have them sort of not progressing back up the, cur- up the curve. I think they overachieved this year, so I think they will sort of you know drop back down. And like you can see there, I still think a 13th or there, thereabouts finish or 12th or is kind of on par where I'd, ex- I'd expect them to be. Mm-hmm. But I do want to see an improvement from the young players. I think they can take that step up. But I'd also I'd look at their top-end players and I go are there players here that I think are going to be in their next premiership side? And there's a few that I would be getting rid of and trying to reinvest back into the team. Now, we don't see that too much in AFL. If this was the NBA or if this is the NFL, we'd absolutely would see them sort of trading off those players for you know people looking to win a premiership and getting back some draft pick and talent. But yeah, that's kind of where I have them. How do you think I've gone with that? And those predictions you can see there at the bottom. Yeah, I, now that you've explained it, it makes a lot of sense because their core is so young. Um, and the older players, as you mentioned, you know, the likes of Jake Stringer, Michael Hurley, they're getting on now that you can no longer trust them and depend on them on them like you used to. So I like that. I like I can see a bit of a plateau this coming season. Um, but for me, I still see them going up, you know, later into their window where you see the players like Parrish and McGrath and Nick Cox, Archie Perkins, the likes, really establishing themselves and getting some games under their belt. I like the ceiling a lot. Um, elimination final win is where you have the ceiling. I like that. Their floor might be a little harsh. I maybe have them around the 11, probably 12th. Um, but yeah, I, I like it overall. Prediction of ninth. that's about where I had them. Um, so yeah, this is good. Really good. Yeah, so sorry, I was saying around 11 or 12th. But yeah, prediction, I have them just missing the 8 there at ninth. But the thing with that floor is it's such a competitive finals at the moment. Like, it is, I'm, yeah. There's a lot of teams we haven't gone through. Like, do Richmond bounce back? Do St. Kilda finally blow it up? Are the Giants still in the Premiership window? There's all these teams that they're thereabouts, you know. The middle pack is so, so confusing, 100%. I 100% agree. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll really be an interesting one, but we, I've, 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 this has been one of the my more enjoyable sort of deep dives so far, which has been good because, like, again, I'll, I'll rip on the Crows as much as I can, but there's not a lot happening over there outside of you guys getting Jordan Dawson. So I do enjoy having a look at a team with a bit of talent. Oh, yeah. So, getting into that, let's talk about our 2022 team. 
So how we break this down is who have you got in your best 22 lined up for round one next year? Who have you got knocking on your door for your team? And then who are players you're completely avoiding putting a red line through? Yeah, so in my best 22, I've got two selections this time. Um, Parrish has to have nailed his spot in the guts for the Bombers after the season he had last year for me. They're going to have Shield back healthy next season, and I refuse to believe that Deb Smith plays as bad as he did last year. But I don't think these factors affect Paris as much. He's one of the best ball winners and users in the league, especially at centre bounces. So I'm going to be locking him into my best 22 for sure. And I'm also going to add Jordan Ridley into my back line. Um, Ridley's rapid ascension ascension into fantasy relevancy happened somewhat under the radar. Um, But for me, he's got the potential to be a top six defensive fantasy scorer as early as next year. So I'm not going to sit around and find out. I'll be sticking him in there. Knocking on the door of my squad is going to be Dyson Heppel. I know he's 29, but he's really enjoyed spending his time down back as of late. He's averaged seven marks a game last season, and he had 25 disposals a game to go with it. And if he's a defender going forward, he'll make a strong push for my best 22. Um, And the player to avoid, I ultimately decided to pick Michael Hurley, and this one's purely due to age and recent injury history. But honestly, though, and I don't know about you, mate, but I really struggled to rule anyone out for this spot. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. It is a tough team where you look at some of their players, like I said before, they've got a lot of older aged players, but they're still players that are quite useful. I just don't know if they're going to be in the next premiership team. So I think you know, no, I they get a second life on different teams. So when I look at it like that, I, I did struggle to rule out a few players. And yeah, the only ones I could rule out, so obviously I, I went Hurley as well. Obviously missed the year with that um, hip infection. You just don't know. Too much of a risk. You know, wait to see what happens and then, yeah, regret him coming back in, but don't bring him in and regret that. And the one I've got avoiding is Zacharakis, which who has now been let go by Essendon. Um, there is a chance that another team will pick him up, but while someone else might pick him up, I don't think anyone listening to this should pick him up. No. Um, I think his, you know, his best days are over and, you know, from a fancy point of view, uh, I know as a player you always wanted to not be just remembered for that Anzac Day, Anzac Day um, goal, but... <laughs> That's all I remember him for, unfortunately. I was going to say, you can play him for one game a year, and it's the Anzac Day game. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. I was going to say, surely, surely you don't hate that. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, my best 22, though. Verse back. I've got Snelling. Now, this guy was a mature age recruit. Um, great story. Missed out on all the drafts. Had to come through the mid-season um, draft in 2019. And found himself this year as a game day squad first team all forwards team which means he was in the best six players of all forwards in terms of high score so he averaged 87 points which just for reference Isaac Heaney averaged 91 and he was in third place but how he did it he did it through five tackles a game 18 disposals and I see massive room for improvement because he only kicked nine goals for the year so if he can stay as a forward I can just see him you know really knocking on the door and pushing Toby Green for the best highest scoring forward in the comp I've also got Zary, Zachy Merritt there. I told you, Mr. Reliable, James Milner. So, yeah, he might not be in the top six defenders by the end of the year, but I can guarantee if he stays healthy, he'll definitely be in the top ten. Um, knocking on the door, you can see I've got a few players. Parish for the same reasons you said there before. I just think the midfield is so hotly contested, and we've only got five spots for midfielders. I just don't think he cracks into one of those five. Heppel, similar sort of reason to Zachy Merritt, so consistent. I just know that he's going to be a player that I'd feel really comfortable about bringing into my team if someone's injured or there's a bye week or something like that. You just know he's going to do the job. And I've got Shield there as well. So Sorry, Shield. 
I told you I was going to zag a bit, and I've got him there on the hope that he gets moved to a forward player. Because with his zag. injuries, yeah, it is, it is. Because if they if they decide, hey, listen, with the injuries and the engine room they got, you know, keep that young core together of the ones you were saying, in McGrath, Parrish, keep those young guys in the midfield, let them develop over a few years and say, hey, Shield, go forward and see what you can do. I think he could be a really, really good forward player. I Rack like that. touches and be quite dangerous. So I'm going to put him in there on the hope that he gets yeah, changed over to a forward. And that was the so, reason why I sort of left Shield out. Uh, sorry, Snelling out of my um, knocking on the door of best 22 is because we don't know whether we're going to see Shield push forward. We don't know if Devin Smith's going to be spending a lot of forward time going forward. Sorry. So that whole engine room, it really should be... Merritt, Parrish, McGrath starting with some guys going through like Nick Cox on the wing who's been proven to push up and really do a good job. So there's a lot of questions, but we do know that that engine room is going to be pretty solid. So yeah, yeah. one yeah. to watch no, going definitely forward. Agree. For sure. It, yeah, it will be a good team to watch and a lot of excitement um, around Essendon. So I, I, I do think that that, um, that first finals win in a while isn't too far away. Fingers crossed. For those Dons fans out there, yes, I'm going to show you Tom's ones here. So I don't think there's any point going through Merritt and McGrath. I think they're sort of, you know, reasonable. But I would love to know why he has Heppel in the avoiding list. Yeah, because we, we need both to have him um, in there. We need to chase that up and maybe get a, a small YouTube clip out for that because Heppel yeah. was really good down back last year. Yeah, so he must have some reasons. I was going to say, I was trying to think, is there a connection between Sydney and Heppel? Why you'd hate him? But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go because we're obviously new to YouTube. I want to know in the comment section why do you think Tom has left Heppel out? I want to hear the best, best reason. You can completely make it up if you want, but I want to see the reasons because <laughs> I can't think of one myself. So no, yeah, get creative. Imagine that. Yeah, get creative. I want to see what he's done there. Guys, we are back, and before we get into talking about the future potential of the Essendon Football Club, I wanted to have a chat about Game Day Squad. So Game Day Squad is obviously the reason we are here, and it's the game we are talking about. Game Day Squad is Australia's first and only fantasy sport blockchain game, launching with an AFL and NRL game for the start of the 2022 season. What makes Game Day Squad so different to your typical AFL fantasy or your super coach is that all the players are actually cards, trading cards, digital, online, and it's all done on the blockchain. So you guessed it, these cards are NFTs. You don't need to know anything about blockchain, don't need to know anything about crypto. Just imagine it as if you were trading cards online. And what I love about this is, like we said before, these cards that you own, you own from season to season. So if I was to go out and I was going to get Ash McGrath at the start of his career, I would have his card forever. And I wouldn't lose him until he retired or... I was able to sell him or trade him for something else. So it does mean we've got a fully integrated transfer market, which means you can buy and sell other players, whether you're trying to buy players to win the premiership today or whether you're trying to find some bargains to maybe not win the premiership this year, but potentially get some undervalued players that you think in the future have a lot of upside or potentially you could sell for a little bit of money. So Kerm, I'm going to throw it to you. Who do you think would be the most undervalued card if the transfer market was live today from the Aston Football Club? Oh, I like this question. This is juicy. Uh, there's a couple that can fly under the radar. And for me, and I'll be chasing him. You'll hear about him later on in the podcast. It's actually Nick Cox. He only mm. averaged 59 GDS average last year. But it was his first season. And he really, he can play literally everywhere. He's a bit of a, they call him the unicorn for a reason. It's because he can play everywhere. He pinch hits in the rock. 
see him working up the field on the wing, can play forward, and even goes down back late in games. So, yeah, sneaky little one that can sneak under the radar, Nick Cox. Yeah, there you go. And that's what Game Day Squad's for. It's for those fantasy fans like yourself. If you're listening to this, it means you are into fantasy sports and you do love taking those long view and you do like picking players like Nick Cox. So, yeah, can't wait for that to launch. And if you think there's someone else that you think there's going to be upside potential, let us know because we would love to also make some money off this as well. But now we're going to give you our picks. We're going to talk about who we think are going to be the stars of the Essendon Football Club for the future, whether we're talking three years, five years, or even longer than that. Kerm, who have you got as your number one star from Essendon going forward? I think Andy McGrath has the minerals to become a premier fantasy scorer in the future. I mean, he tackles, he's a ball winner, he can impact the scoreboard, and he attracts free kicks. And we know by now that those are all criterias for a recipe, and that recipe is a great fantasy average. So he just needs to stay healthy. That's the only thing for me. If he stays healthy and gets some consistency going, he's already played 93 games, he can go on to be a 300-plus gamer for Essendon here. Yeah, I love that pick, and no surprises, I've got him down as well. And I'm not gonna. Yeah. I've only got a few more things to add. You said there he's only 23. He's been in the league yeah. for five years. It doesn't seem like that. Like I know. I, I don't know whether it seems like he's been like he's only just arrived, or he's actually been in there longer. I, I couldn't make up my mind, but I, yeah, for whatever reason, I wouldn't have picked five years. But nevertheless, he's there. I'm a huge fan of him, and he's yeah. It's not really the strongest draft class. I was going back and looking, so. Yeah, I would love to sort of see if we did a redraft of that draft, if he would still go number one. But nevertheless, I'm looking at the guys that went in the draft above him. I'll give you some names. Callum Mills, Clayton Oliver, mm-hmm. Harry McQuire. And what I think they all shared was they had a massive breakout in year six. And that's exactly what I want from this guy. He Every year, he's got better and better and better. If you look at his averages, don't have them here, but they were incrementally about 10 points higher, 10 points higher, 10 points higher. I want to see him take that next jump. I want to see him go from 95 to 120 and really dominate um, that midfield and become, yeah, one of the big, big names in the AFL. So, yeah, he is my well, star. We, we can see future. it. I, I, I 100% see it. Because he comes from that Christian Petraka mold of how he plays. And, you know, that ball, mm. classic ball that just wins the ball, wins free kicks, inside 50s, can impact the scoreboard. So, we can see it as early as next year, as you said. Yeah, I, the only thing I, I would disagree with that is that scoreboard. So I, I, I know like he has scored some really good goals, but not in the quantity that he probably needs to be in that mould. And we know how important goals are for game day squad scoring. They give you eight points. So I reckon if he is to go to sort of that 130 to the um, yeah the level of your Petrarca or Bond, I do think he needs to be getting a few more goals. But again, he's only 23, which is amazing. So he's got a lot of time to come. The only um, other one, we got Tom there. So he's gone Darcy Parrish as his star Ooh. going forward, which, again, still a respectable pick. We obviously spoke about him before. Do you have anything to add on him picking Darcy Parrish as the star from the club going forward? Um, no, just a great pick. It's a pretty vanilla pick, but it's a great pick. He's got all the attributes to be one of the best midfielders in the league. So, yeah, great pick, Tom. Yeah, good pick. I still can't get over him not picking Heppel. I can't, so, yeah, I'm not going to give you anything else until I get answers <laughs> for that. <laughs> We're going to roll into a few of some really high upside potential players. So, obviously, with McGuire and Parrish, they're kind of your, your surefire things. We know they're going to be stars. We're now looking for players who have a lot of upside, whether it be short-term or really long-term upside, that if you did, for example, like you said, could go out and buy their card, you'd be able to flip for a, for a higher price or potentially you know, see that you know, return affect your team's score. So, who have you got as some upside potential players in this footy club? I've gone with Nick Cox here. 
Um, sorry, continue. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> oh, sorry, no. I was like, this is where he comes in. I didn't know where you're going to throw him in later after you spiel. Yeah, no, sorry, yeah. I, I was wigging out because I was trying to find it on the thing. Hang on. So what... still, get, still getting used to this um this camera thing. If I mumble, people will still be able to hear me. So apologies for that. Why is Nick Cox in your upside potential player team? Um, I'll take a flyer on Nick Cox here. He can literally play everywhere on the field, and he can develop into being a pinch-hitting ruckman who can play forward, work up the field, play down back. He'll be a very good fantasy option in the future, so I'm going to pick him up early and hope to see where he goes. Yep, yeah, no, I completely agree. I've got him there, as you can see, on my board as well. The reason I've got him, similar sort of thing, he's got what you can't train. He's two metres tall, and he's winning the club's two-kilometre time trial. Yeah. Like, if he, I reckon you just... Yeah, absolutely. If he just finds his position or he builds out a little bit, I think the upside on him is massive. The other one I've got there is a bit of a different one. I've gone Draper in the ruck. I like that a now, lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know whether I like him yet as a footy player, but in terms of <laughs> his fantasy output, I think there could be a player here. I've seen him. He's got something different. The club obviously love him. And talk about a story. I know I was saying there before, I forget who, I was saying the, the crazy story, the mid-season draft after missing on the draft. This guy got drafted by the club in the rookie draft after only playing footy. Was it six months or nine months? Yeah, nine months yeah. he played footy for before he got picked up. So think about that. He wasn't playing footy that long ago. He's still only 23. He's the club's number one ruckman before he got injured. Like, I, I just be like, imagine, and he's got, like, he moves like a like a Grundy. Like, I, yeah. I can just see that. And I'm like, he's got so much, such a long runway to get to his absolute um, best. But, yeah, huge, huge upside in this guy. And, yeah, what about um, Tom's pick there? He's gone with Cadwell, which is an interesting pick. So he's only played 14 games across the last three seasons. Was well, another former number 11 pick from the Giants. Came home this year and only played two games after all his hamstring issues. I don't know too much about him because he hasn't played. Do you know any reasons why Tom might be high on him? No, I just know he uses the ball so well. He's got a lot of work to break through into this midfield if he's going to be playing there. I could see him maybe going and becoming like a a small back pocket type player who can kick out and, you know, impact fantasy through his kicking and just, I guess, volume of possessions. But he's got a lot of work to do before he breaks into the midfield. Tom will be holding on for him to him for a long, long time. Yeah. Might have to do my homework on him there because I haven't heard much, but if he's going to be a star, I want to know about him. And finally, what we're going to look at here is you've got my three to five year dynasty pyramid. Now, every week I add, add a new team to this as we go through them, and every week you guys tell me how perfectly I've positioned them. And I'm sure that's going to be the same with the Bombers. <laughs> I've got them in tier three here. So how we break up the tiers is tier one, they'll compete for multiple premierships. Tier two, they'll compete for one premiership. Tier three, top four contenders, and tier four is top four finishers. And though that those metrics are where we see in the next three to five years. So I don't see this team competing for a premiership in the next three to five years. I've kind of, I got them high. You can see they're sort of kind of the top of tier three, but not quite pushing into that tier two team. I still, I still just don't know where this team is at with the trade window, with the, with the, um, their, you know, their premiership window, I should say. Like they've got the pieces there. They could have a couple of moves, and I could easily put them up there with Carlton in tier two, but. Yeah, as it stands right now, I'm just not convinced enough to be putting them up. But I definitely think they have a lot more potential than no top four finishes. What do you think? Yeah, it's tough. And I hear what you're saying, I really do. But I I, I would have them in tier two with Carlton for me. I just like their young core so much. 
Um, and I know they've still got Stringer. I know they've still got Devin Smith. But you just can't ignore it now. Um, and it won't be the three-year sort of window that we're looking at here. It's back end of the five years. But I would put them in the tier two with Carlton because I do think they can push for that in that four, five, maybe beyond sort of dynasty potential area. Yeah. I do want to see them win a final before I start putting them up that's, there, That's That's a fair point, too. They are in a drought. They... <laughs> and I, I, I do think a win's coming. Excuse me. I do think a win's coming, but, yeah, and how long? And then how, how long will the next be drought after that? I guess no one knows. I want to quickly, before we go, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I haven't given you any warning for this. Ooh. But I did mention before. Yeah, I know. Exciting. <laughs> um, Tom, you, Tom, you could be having this as well if you were here, but so be it. We spoke before, I spoke before about how the AFL don't have the sort of same sort of, you know, let's trade a player now when we're not in our window and sort of recruit with all the stringer and all those sort of players we mentioned. If you were in charge of at the Essendon Football Club and it was a little bit more like the NBA or the NFL, would you be looking to trade those players and get back some draft picks or do you think that they're the type of players that you need around the club to push this team forward up to that premiership contention we've just spoken about? Great question. I, I would definitely try and trade the likes of Jake Stringer and I would even throw Dylan Shield in there because they're just he can we haven't seen him go forward. I'm sure he can be great up there, but there's so many if buts or maybes around the players that have the big names and the big sort of following behind them. So I, I genuinely would because you when the American teams do this it's to sort of match up the, the ages of their their young core going through so that they have a dynasty. I mean, you're an OKC Thunder Thunder fan and no one's got more first-round picks than them going around. <laughs> so they're trying to match up the ages so that they have the potential to go through a dynasty period later on down the track. I definitely would because their young core is so good. We've spoken about it this whole the whole way through this podcast. And those players that we spoke about, the aging ones, they are expendable for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, I I would be moving off a couple of them, getting back a couple of sort of yeah, younger players and things, just to really shore that up and be like, this is our premiership window. Yeah. Um, but again, we're on the outside looking in, so maybe they've got a sort of a window that they've um, they're targeting. But yeah, from the outside for me, I just don't know where it is. But yeah, would love to see a lot more of that. Would love to see because I, I imagine Jakey Stringer um, on a on a finals team. Throw him in. I was going to say, I was just thinking through my head, like, where would you put him? Um, I was going through all the, all the top teams, and yeah, uh, I, I think a player like him, or like you said, Shield, anyone would take Shield. Yeah. You can come to Port Adelaide any time, any day you want, mate. We'd, yeah, I think he'd be a great addition to any team going for a premiership. So, yeah, all right, well, we've done it, Kerm. We've got through, just right. you and me. I think hopefully it's been we've nice, done man. all right. Yeah, if you have appreciated what yeah. we've done, of course, please give us a like, give us a subscribe. We really are trying to push for our first 1,000 subscribers. I think we've only hit 12 or 13 so far, so it's a long way to go. But, yeah, with your help, we will get there and help grow Game Day Squad. So if you haven't already, go check out our website as well, gamedaysquad.com.au. Or if you want where all our best information is coming from about our game and all the different features, best place for that is currently our Instagram. So go check us out, Game Day Squad. But, yeah, until next time, Kerm, thanks for all your help today. And I think next up we've got the Frio Dockers, which, yeah, will be an interesting team. Absolutely. All right, guys, get yourself game day ready, and until next time, we'll see you then.